Hello everybody, how are you today on this gorgeous, beautiful, chilly and rainy day? Hey, check it out. I'm going to roll this die and we're going to see what our lucky number is today, right? What number do you guys want to come up? Oh, let's, let's roll the die. Oh, what do you know? Thank you, Spirit. Numero number four. The number four seems to be coming up for me. Um, it's a very important number, apparently, in the world of magic. For me, it just seems like all, all my numerology reports and my astrology and the planets of um, that were lined the day I was born... I never knew this until recently that the number four is a, I guess, a driving force within me, myself, and I right now. Um, and I'm still learning that, that concept of numbers and the meanings and the signs and the blessings and the warnings of dangers that, you know, numbers can reveal to us. So the number four in my studies is is quite fresh and I'm so honored to be able to study you know fascinating vibrations and energies of the universe that uh, just I'm, I'm totally honored to be able to um, even grasp this notion that the universe is leading and guiding and trying to connect with me that's cool because I don't get that with humans so <laughs> When I can get a connection, I go for it. And um, so there you have it. I wanted to do a party today on this one show on Hulu. Have you guys seen it? Who knew Hulu? It's called I Love You, But I Lied. It's an excellent show. It's on Hulu. And they are true stories about vindictive people. And some names have been changed to protect the betrayed. And I thought that was beautiful. Because you never ever, you never ever get to hear that the, the victims are protected. It's rare, you know. So I thought that was neat. So anyways, it's an excellent show. The first um, episode that I watched today, it was about this... Um, well, first of all, I started this podcast because I wanted to, I was like yelling at, um, watching this episode because I got so, you know, worked up about it because like most of these episodes where these uh, people were going through this stuff, um, and this was only like one part of their life. I'm sure it's probably just as heavy as mine or yours. But most of this um, uh, this stuff that's going on when I was watching these episodes on Hulu, all of this stuff has happened to one person, and that that is me. And um, so I started to get upset, and I started to think, well, Jen, instead of getting mad and bringing anger and negative vibrations of energy into your heart right now, why don't you just try to think of something positive? Because these things have happened to me 
and I wasn't the perpetrator, you know, um, I'm not bragging about that, I'm, I'm just saying, there's a, there, I feel like there, you know, there's a day or time when a human can be acknowledged for their, their kindness, or their steadfastness, or their, their humbleness, or their genuinity, or their heart, or their honesty. I think that I don't want to turn it into something conceited, like I'm bragging about that stuff, because um, braggarts have no, you know, room in my life to, I don't like those kinds of people, but there is or has to be a day when that person can stand up through all of what they've went through and proudly receive the, you know, the medal of valor, a medal of victory the purple heart, you know, of the military, the type of war deal, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I'm not asking for fame, I don't want, you know, nothing like that, I don't want, you know, I mean, just an acknowledgement that you have endured some heavy terrain and torrential downfalls in life, and still um, try to make myself pure. You know, I mean, I know I can't, no, I'm not pure. I know totally I'm not pure. I've raised three kids and, um, and I was a teenager once. So yeah, you know, um, I know humans cannot be pure, but it sure is nice to get acknowledgement for not doing wrong for most of it. You know what I'm saying? And anyway, so I thought, you know what? I deserve the metal. I'm, I deserve the purple heart, you know, the metal of valor. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm just, and this is the reason why. The first story uh, portrays um, a stepdaughter and a stepdad. <clears throat> they got caught in uh, having um, private relations with one another. And when it all came out to the mother, to the wife, um, what really sucks, what really sucks about those scenarios, it's always the innocent and good people that are betrayed so heinously. So anyways, um, both of the um, perpetrators looked to the, the innocent mom and, and wife and yelled at the same time, it was only one time. We only had private relations one time, mom or honey. That's what they said to this woman. And, uh, I just thought that was crazy because, um, yeah, I've been in that, I've been in that predicament and, um, it's always the one that is doing right that seems to get so hurt. And so then the, anyways, that was, reminded me of something that had transpired in my life, not my past life. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, it's been, a concurrent type of uh, repetitive unblissful pain situation and uh, so anyways then the next story was about this sister and um, she sleeps with her sister's husband and um, and uh, this wife the cops found this man 
naked and dead in this motel room. And the niece gets suspicious. The, the dad that died had a daughter and he was married, but he was boning down his uh, sister-in-law. So anyways, the niece gets curious and looks inside of her bathroom cabinet and finds a, where the where her dad died uh, some mementos from the hotel where her dad died. So she starts putting it together and she now is harshly accusing her auntie of cheating on um, you know her family with with her and with her dad. Anyways, it's such a good show. Um, I think I'm kind of like getting carried away in some other heavy thoughts. Maybe I should kind of like give this a break. Because I mean, look it. Check it out. This is. Um, I just wrote a complete novel. Prepared myself for this potty. And uh, I'd say. There's about 15 to 17 pages here that I got done just preparing myself for this podcast. And I'm not even on the first page, and my mind is taking me to um, kind of feeling bummed out, you know, that this stuff did happen to me. So anyways, I don't have a sister per se. I've never had a sister. I've never even felt that sisterhood. I've never had um, the privilege and, and honor of feeling a connection with a female like that so um this is about i had a daughter and a husband you know that uh my you know they were doing you know not cool things behind my back and so um so i'm not gonna go through the rest of that one you guys can watch that one and then uh then this next episode on Hulu was about uh this mother, she was sleeping with her daughter's boyfriend whilst accusing her own husband of cheating on her. How hypocritical is that? And the reason why I wanted to bring that one up is because, you know, when I found my husband and my daughter, you know, not respecting me and um, <clears throat> just, you know, saying really bad things about me, you know, and just like they turned on the hate mode button on me. And, um, I, I truly believe that when people turn on, turn on you, um, in an instant in uh, the, I guess, um, weaponry of hate, I find that there is no other cause to, to put the blame on an innocent person than than that it's i mean because how can you hate somebody who's really who doesn't want to hurt you how can you hate someone who is is you know um you know loyal to you you know more than you are to yourself how can you hate somebody who has done good by you you know their whole life how so it's easier just to turn around that's when you know you you know i mean i don't need any type of um validation in terms of knowing that I did my due diligence on human beings throughout my entire life. I just, um, I just want to let other people know that if you are going through some type of a situation where there's infidelity on in any of your family and it's against you and it's not for you, I'm just letting you know that, um, 
if all of a sudden the tables are turned on you like you're the bad guy, don't give in to who you really are and still be honest with yourself. The reason why I'm saying this is because I could have went to the bank on this situation and cashed a big fat social check and looked like the innocent Christian, you know, when this had happened. But I chose to admit my my weaknesses and, you know, my mistakes um, to make it even in terms of the public eye when it came to my husband doing this to me you know, and my daughter. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have to expose none of my BS to the world like I did. I just wanted to be able to walk down that plank with them, you know, um, just to say, hey, look, it, just because I did something and it wasn't caught in the human or public eye or your heart of hearts, um, and I, I could have got away with it, I just wanted to be totally, wholly honest and say, I was doing some not cool stuff too. The only reason that I look innocent is because the, you know, the public judges these types of situations more harshly than, than others. But there's other Christians that would have judged me in a situation harshly too. So I wanted to expose what I've been doing in secret just so, um, just so I guess it would, um, it would humble me and it would, it would teach me wisdom of the knowledge that I lacked and knowledge of the wisdom that I wanted to love. I wanted to truly do that. Um, I don't know, you know, um, I don't like unfair things. I don't like bullies. I don't like um, injustice. I don't like stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't like um, greed and um, narcissistic people or situations. I don't. And so those, when those types of things, uh, when people try to use those exact things against me, on me, or through me, or, or behind me, um, I want to stand up and just fight for the guys who don't know how to make the connection and stand and stay strong. And so that you are an honorable person. You are a respectful yeti. You are a, a worthy and noteworthy um, empathetic and kind human being, you know, I'm going through life completely and utterly alone, you know, I don't, I've never had anyone to talk to, um, I, 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 I kind of hope that I can return and, and repay this favor to humanity, because it is so lonely and scary sometimes going through these experiences that I've been through. And there's not a single person on the planet that I can talk to about it or a friend that I can trust. I've had to do this within my own soul. I've had to take my heart out and inspect it myself. I feel physically, emotionally, transparently, and on um, different levels of um, vibrations and energy. It's just been freaking lonely. So... All of these things that I'm discovering along the way, I want to explain it to you so you know that uh, 
even if some of my stuff doesn't make sense, but a little tiny bit does once in a while, then it's, I mean, it's worth dying for and it's worth giving it to you in, in great humility and, um, and aspiration and hopes of that, you know, one day you'll be able to be honor bound also with your heart of heart, your mind of souls and your soul of mind. That's truly what we are trying to ingratiate ourselves with, I believe, is honorability and respect and accountability. And um, without those, you can't have any type of wisdom that will lead to, you know, spiritual or human knowledge of one's own vibrational energy on this planet. Okay, so, um, yeah, that story about that last one, that one I totally went through, um, only I wasn't sleeping, I never slept with any of my kids, my daughter's, um, boyfriends or fiance, uh, or my son's friends, I never did that, but, um, I have one daughter that has, um, harshly and wrongly accused me of effing her fiance, and, um, that, that was, uh, that was, that was a, that was a, that was a really, really, really messed up situation that, um, that kind of like, um, it's one of those kicks below the belt, you know, um, not only was she interacting with my husband, but then she turns around and accuses me of the same thing she accuses me of, and, there was no way I could ever even try to, you know, try to uh, prove it to my daughter. I mean, I couldn't sleep. I was really upset. I just, I'm, I've never, ever been accused of that in my entire life, of anything like that. I've never even seen a freaking pornography video. I've never seen a, a porno magazine. I, I don't, I, I just, you know, I'm... I just, I don't understand, you know what I'm saying, I'm, um, I, that was a super hard one, because I was already going through, um, a really super scary, dry, pivotal part of my marriage, um, continually, from, from the past abuse of my marriage, same guy, so, I didn't know how to handle that situation, and that was about the point in time when my, son, my only son came out and said he was gay. And that's when I was still a Christian and going to church. And, um, that was on the, right then, uh, I was on the cusp of just, you know, that's when I just started to go to the other side. You know, my daughter's accusing me of effing her fiance when I, I had evidence that she was, you know, flirting with my husband and they were meeting behind my back. And, and then, um, I forgave both of them. So, to give life and love and family a chance and to see that, you know, um, forgiveness and love and acceptance can endure all, all things with the help or with the ignorance of religion, man's religion. It was really super pertinent and important, important to me to, uh, search myself and say, you know what, Jen, is it viable? Is it possible? Is it attainable or is this just obscenely object objectionable trying to attain the pureness of heart going through this hill? Should you just like 
be like everybody else and, and just give up and, um, be dirty and, um, not cool and mean and vindictive and harassing and, uh, an albatross to your family and society? Should I just go with that? Or, you know, I've come this far, I'm thinking to myself, when I would go through heavy trials, I've come thus far, therefore, um, I think I'm just going to go for the gusto. I'm just going to go for the long run. You know, I'm going to go cross country on this and see how much further the heart can attain love in the midst of complete angst, hatred, and violence. You know, I mean, at least if I get killed, I'll get killed, you know, in the name of love because I still never give up on, you know, human beings or myself for that fact. Yay! That's super duper numero uno one. Okay, so, um, and let me see. That's why I feel. Um, uh, the need for the Medal of Valor via Zimiloteri. Um, <laughs> let's let's move right along here. Oh, I never flirted with my husband's sons. Um, you know, I mean, uh, just because either I was horny, deprived, or an ingrate, yet. I was still treated in hate, <laughs> you know? I never held my mom against her will with a sharp object, smashed up her in her house, and constantly in and out of jail and prisons, making her pay and send both my brothers money just because they were locked up and gas to go get them, so mom worked too full-time jobs, single mom as a nurse. Um, yet when she sold her house and that she was requesting and begging, I, you know, for help, that's okay. She, you know, cause I begged too. I mean, she needed help. I would do, she needed it. Maybe I just perceived it. Cause I know everyone's going to listen to this and they're going to deny everything I say. And everyone has their own right to their own opinions. But, um, th this is just my side. Uh, respectfully speaking, um, when she requested and um, wanted help packing up her trailer because my twin brother was just arrested forcibly by the cops, you know, because he was going psycho on drugs and he refuses to, you know, abide by the law and he's filled with, um, oh yeah, that's the one that sees di uh, demons all the time and, you know, um, so anyways, I can't help it just because he got messed up in juvenile hall and throughout prison so his mind is warped from the things that he's seen and that's how he's been raised in prison that that was his real dad was the inmates the losers not the losers but the guys in, in prison I don't mean them losers but they sure made one <laughs> they sure made one my brother you know what I'm saying um so he's taking it out on everybody else he wants everybody to feel that hate and that that shallow that shallowness that bitterness the the blackness and the unforgiveness he wants that he was dealt with in prison so that's like his that's his journey um 
I, I think it's it's unfair because, you know, I've always been there for, you know, my twin his entire life. And this last time when he got arrested by the cops and uh, put back in prison, I was ready just to be gone with the guy. I was I was moving to a new location and I got a new telephone number. I was just like, whoa, you know, I, I dodged a bullet there and um, I don't ever have to see that guy again because I had seen the damage thus, you know, far and then some and what he had been telling my mother all these years and I was just tired of his abuse like that, you know. But now when he went to prison this last time and my mom sold her house and I helped to do all the work on that, she moved and said she'll get a hold of me in about a week or so. Well, it's been a year, over a year and a half, maybe two years now, and I'm still not allowed, allotted to know where my mother lives. I'm still not allowed to go to my mom's house and visit. Um, you know, um, like I said, both of my brothers have been in and out of jails and prisons their pretty much whole lives. They could never hold down anything. If one was caught for stealing from a big time, you know, um, reputable com company locally here, then the other one was bullying and, you know, victimizing people so, or his own twin sister it's, or his mom, you know. And in this past or this last November, I mean, my, um, my older brother, he's like my one of my he's one of my chief abusers or anyways um I just found out recently in the recent um history of my life that I guess sometimes you know what I'm just gonna be human here and say it I know that being quiet and respectful when you are going through a really intense scary unjust immoral situation and life-threatening and uh potentially physically abusing but total mind altering damaging I know that um, going through that with respect in terms of what I mean by that is when I would go through something with for hate with my family members um, I didn't go out and just blast it to the world well so and so did this and well this is the reason why oh yeah well I did um you know I had to do this because oh it was all their fault I didn't do that because I didn't want people to think that I was trying to pick sides to something that they weren't even there for um nor involved in or probably even cared to hear about you know <clears throat> I mean I know that if I went somewhere or some people came to visit me at my house, that's the last thing I would want to hear is about how a mutual acquaintance of ours has dirty deeds on their mind and they have a black heart. <laughs> you know, because I would be thinking, great, is that what the, I'm in the future, you know, for? To be treated like? <clears throat> so, and I, I just felt that it was inappropriate to go to other people and, and say, well, so-and-so did this to me, so... And, um, so, you know, I'm the more innocent, I, I, there's, I mean, it's, um, pretty much, you know, it's a common trait with humans that we run to, to people that we can gain their, you know, 
their credence and their acceptance on, you know what I'm saying? Um, their validation. It's, and I, I just don't, I don't think that's, um, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to the person you're telling it to that was not involved and it doesn't need to know anything like that negative about another human, let alone it makes that person look really shy and void of, um, self preservation themselves, you know? Um, and also when people start trying to get other people to gang up on them for their glory of the story, because, uh, that future person is going to be ictionade pretty soon. They're going to be on the out. Um, I don't like that gang mentality. I think that if you are a righteous person or if you, if you try to be earnest and you try to check your heart and make sure that even you, you know, make yourself adhere to the higher standards of life when no one's around. And even though it may expose some really, you know, non photogenic periods of your life, such as myself, you know, cause in my past, I know I've been a dick too on occasion and I am sure it won't be the last time, but honestly, I try to rectify my soul before I interact with somebody else. And I put up warning blocks and signs in my mind's and heart's eye to successfully deal with another heavy situation like that. So it doesn't come out so ugly next time and not on their part, because now, you know, the, the spotlights on mine heart, thine heart. It's so, um, but to be honest, um, there are numerous occasions in my life where there were uncalled for um, blasts of decades of physical violence and hatred situations on an innocent um, bystander. And I can't even say person or poison. I have to say bystander because at that point in time, <laughs> you feel like a third person in this party. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, from here on out, um, I want to play referee. I want to be the one calling and judging the shots, you know, because I don't like what I'm seeing. So, um, you know, when you go through so much intense heat, it just kind of feels good to get out of that situation and look at it, um, objectively. Um, you know what I'm saying? And unobjectively, that's totally important. That's, um, those two go hand in hand, like peanut butter and jelly. If you're going to be fair, then you're going to be forced and have to, and want to accept the fairness on the whole situation, on the whole deal. Not just because, um, you felt that, you know, you were doing the right thing, humbly speaking, but that when, uh, you saw how humble your heart was and how you could have handled it in a more genteel manner of, um, compassion, um, sometimes it feels like prickly mittens handling my soul. And that, that's, that's what I'm just trying to, to say to people that, yeah, growing and being forced to stretch to a different formation in life hurts because you're scared if you're going to snap or you're going to make it, or are you road worthy, trustworthy, 
can you, I mean, uh, the next, um, tinge of pain, I feel, I think I'm just gonna keel over physically and die, you know, because it's just so much, but I'm here to say that there's nothing wrong with the cause of focusing on the long haul, because, I mean, if I'm gonna be taken down, I'm gonna be taken down at my highest standpoint, um, of honorability and respect towards myself. That's cool. You know, I never got it from anyone else here on this planet. You know, I mean, um, if I'm not going to get that feeling, then why not give it myself? You know? And so, yeah, you're worth it. And I know I'm worth it. So that's why I don't give up. Uh, anyways, the reason why I say this story is because Recently, I just found out that um, my big brother, Dickie, uh, my, you know, chief abuser, one of my chief main physical and emotional uh, abusers in life since I've been an infant, um, I just found out that he told my mom a complete different freaking story that when what happened here at my home, um, you know, I, I mean, I just found out recently that my mom said to me, well, you know why Dickie doesn't want to want you around because she's living with him. Of course, my main abuser too, my chief one, one of the main ones. Um, well, you know what, Ricky, it's not that he doesn't love you. It's just that he doesn't want you around because he just says you're too much drama. And you know how bad that, that hurts to a, a person of true and, and, and honest and severe abuse physically and emotionally? and spiritually. Do you know how that makes a victim feel? I mean, it's not easy. You know, it's one of those um, t moments in life where you just want to throw your hands up and just say, fuck it. <laughs> you know, but that, but it's also a really super duper, duper important moment in life where I was forced to keep my mouth shut stand back out of that situation um, and retrospect one's own soul before I reacted because I knew that the reaction I wanted to give when I just heard this like the other day I knew it wouldn't have been good I knew that I mean it's already not good with my you know my so-called relationship with my mother on this earth it's already not good. And I am already to, and prepared to, because she's already let me go, you know, on every single level you can imagine. Um, there's still no forgiveness, no, no um, thoughts for healing process, no, <clears throat> no future prospects of, or plans of opening up to one another and uh, wanting to get to know how to love one another. I know all that's not even, that's not even on the plate with my mom. You know, the only thing that I'm, you know, I guess I'm a patient or um, a glutton for punishment, or I guess I'm used to that feeling of hate and pain. I'm, I just want to be able to let my mama know that, um, you know, People do change, and 
And the things I said to you about my personal abuse within the family, it, um, it did occur. And, um, I don't want my mom to, I'm not trying to gain sides, but it still hurts to this day that she bullies up against me, against all of my haters that have either, you know, beat me to a a pulp where I couldn't move or cussed me out or threatened my life or just cussed me out so bad that my brain was broken, you know, or hurt me so bad. I mean, I couldn't even walk. I mean, I just, it would just be kind of cool to, you know, I guess I shouldn't even expect that from mom. You know, I'm never even, (laughs) see, this is why they, why you go to a psychologist and lay on that really comfy couch and tell them your problems because it is a true fact that when you say your problems and speak them out loud, you actually end up finding solutions for it. And I've, I've gone into some length, um, on that subject before. Anyways, I, I just realized that I'm never, ever going to get or gain, um, the respect of my mom. I'm never going to, um, in terms of her believing, you know, the abuse that both of my bully brothers have done against me my whole life. And all of my pain, I now acknowledge here on the planet, she, she uh, cuts them down to size. She cuts them down to zero. She cuts them down to, um, I'm not worthy. She cuts them down to, you know, dead. Like, um, well, well, just use the word that she utilized in my home the other day drama you know my pain is drama that's what she considers pain is drama so well I when she you know when she said that I automatically that's why I had to step back and say step back and say nothing because I was like whoa whoa this is a really serious serious um, complication here because that just that just tells me that my mom not once in my entire life of the complexity of the the nasty ordeals that have been perpetrated on me it just showed me her heart that her entire being on this planet has zero empathy for any of the hard and freaking freaked up things that I've gone through Nada, zero, zilch. Bye-bye, gone. There's no show of compassion for me on any level. I, I, I mean, I, my mom's heart was exposed to my, my every being when she said that. It was a serious, serious, serious thing. That's why I didn't say anything, because it stunned me so bad. Um, I couldn't move. I just looked at her and I had to actually refrain from making any faces and I had to tell myself look at her like she's normal like you hear this kind of talk every day that your mom denies you even more so now now it was first it was your physical existence you know you're not allowed to be around her because she's living with your one of your chief abusers in your whole life and he hates me still does but now um she's She's, um, it's act, it sounds and looks like she's acting like she's agreeing with him. 
she, you know, she's sounding like she's now at that hate level and that process in life um, against me. And that's really super. It shook my world. It scared me. And um, I, I really, really had to focus on that one. Um, so um, I guess, hold on, hold on. Um, lighting agridola. Um, I'm holding on to my mama because I know that I've always wanted a mom. I know it sounds so stupid, cheesy or canny or lame. You know, yeah, you got one. What else more do you want? You know, there's a difference between a mom and a foster parent. You know, there's a huge difference. Um, I've always wanted my mom. Um, I've always wanted to get to know her on, you know, like you see all these TV shows and they're all like, you know, the daughter's all, oh, my mom and I, oh, we're best, we're total best friends. We do everything together. I mean, I confide in her all the time and, you know, I mean, we dye our hair, we cut our, our, um, you know, we cut our hair, just, are we, we cook in the kitchen together or there, you see mom and daughter's. Um, like you hear about stories of them being able to take vacations uh, together and calming one another when one of them's crying and laughing together out in public and sitting together in the park just watching the birds or eating popcorn or just not saying anything and be able to just to go to that person's house and just hang out with them and not say but two words and be the for be there be the for <laughs> be there for you know, at their home for like 10 hours and just say, you know, two words, but the connection is there, that kind of stuff. That's, you know, that's what I want. You know, I want my mom to look at me like, you know, she is proud of me and, um, she does accept me and she acknowledges the hate and the abuse and the beatings that I've taken on, on every level. Right. That would be cool. I would like that. But I guess what I'm holding out for is um, even if it's just one hour or one day that my mom looks to me and says, I wished I would have acknowledged you and I wished I would have treated you better. And I wished I would have gotten to know you better because I didn't have that camaraderie with you. Like I feel you wanted that would be all worth it. Not kind of, but <laughs> A lot of it would be cool because it would let me know that, you know, it would let me know how to mourn and grieve my mom's loss and death, basically. <clears throat> but I have a feeling that she's going to um, pull a fast one on me and I'm going to be holding out to the end for her, you know, acceptance, affection and acknowledgement and love and empathy. I'm going to be holding out till she dies and then you know, come to find out still, you know, I'm still not even welcome around her in death, you know, um, that's cool, you, you know what, I guess I just answered another one of my life's questions, it doesn't matter, I guess, I, how or when I find out that I'm totally not being truly loved and accepted by my mom, what's important now is that I have been and, and I do see the warning signs of hatred 
and um, unacceptance with me. And that's what's important to, to acknowledge here. In fact, um, in fact, oh, de facto, I'm going to make myself a note on this um, intention and cause because um, I feel it's going to be pertinent pertinent in my in my walk in life okay so I've got to write this maybe I should record it so I won't have to be writing while I'm doing a potty huh duh let's do that okay
Okay, I'll rename that later. Oh, the time said fo 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 fo. That's cool. Um. So, anyways, um, that's why I feel like I would maybe at some point in my life deserve the medal of valor. Um. Let me see. Hopefully this is going to get done soon. Oh yeah, I'm running out of time. Okay. Oh yeah, my big brother, he came over one time last year and he was going to give me some money that my mom was going to give to me so I could secretly send it to my twin brother who's um, in prison for threatening my mom. Um, she wanted to put money on his books. So she had to lie to my big brother and say that He's going to bring me money so I would have enough money to buy the Thanksgiving feast. And I'm thinking, so she's pulling me in this lie because she never ever, you know, because he, anyways, when he was handing over, you know, a couple of dollars to me, uh, he goes, yeah, I can't believe you and your brother are still losers. And I'm like, I think, where did this come from? You know, and I'm thinking, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing, Jen. And he's like, you know, I, th- I would have thought by now in this point in your life that you or your brother would have done something. But you guys, it's just it turned out to be assholes and losers. And I just couldn't take it. I finally just said something I've been wanting to say my whole life. I leaned in and looked in the car and I said, you know what? I think I'm doing pretty well in life considering. He goes, considering what? And I said, considering that you used to force me down on my back and slap my face for hours every single day and made me put my backpack on the left side of the piano um, when I came home from school and go lay down and get in the position to um, to get what you wanted to call it a loving nickname called the beatings. I think my life turned out pretty damn good. I've never been to prison. I've never gave up any of my kids for adoption. I never, you know, I never screwed everybody's parents or had multiple affairs. Um, I've never been to jail on a drug charge. I do have two dis, um, dis beat, uh, DUIs. I do have two, two DUIs out. That's embarrassing. We'll get on that later. If you guys have any questions, you know, look it up. I'm cool. I'll tell you what happened. You know, I, yeah, like I said, in my past, I have been a dick too. And I can't say in the future that I'm going to be an angel either. I'm, I'm just being honest. So anyways, yeah. Um, I finally got it out of me. I was so freaking felt good to be able to stand up to Because he's never ever, you know, one time he acknowledged it, which was good enough for me. But then he turned back into hating me again with, I don't know what happened, you know. And so I was like starting to fear him again. So anyways, uh, um, but I never ever ever got to say what I wanted to say like that. I mean, I just, it was cool. He went home and told my mom, I think I'm going to have a heart attack because... Sissy is so much stress. She's so much drama. She just started cussing me out and yelling at me at the top of her lungs. And um, I didn't know that that he had told my mom that this whole time. You know, I mean, I didn't go running to my mom, you know, and and try to gang up and get her on my side. I didn't go running to mom and 
and try to, you know, woo her with, I'm the innocent one, he's the bad guy. I didn't want to raise my mother's blood pressure. I didn't want to send her to the ER with a heart attack. Um, I didn't want to even, even have her feel bad because she was trying to, you know, bless a, another loser brother of mine that was in prison again for violence, again, and his ego. You know what I'm saying? And I thought what transpired between Dickie and I was between Dickie and I. I don't have to go and take this jar of yuckiness and spew it all over, you know, anyone. But I would like to have a, you know, a, you know, hopefully in the future, a peaceful resolution that, um, you know, no matter what, I still love you. And I kind of like another thing. I wish my freaking um, big brother Dickie would accept and love me. That's another thing that I'm learning right here right now is I know I'm never going to get or gain the respect or honor and acceptance from my big brother Dickie, just like I want with my twin. So three people I have to, you know, I know not to expect kindness from. Anyways, with time running out, that said, that's why I feel like I would not turn down the medal of bravery. And, um, anyways, I wanted to tell everybody that talk about your problems out loud, you're worth it, and you end up solving them. Sometimes, but a lot of the time. Okay, peace, sayonara, and be nice to your thoughts, and respectful, most of all.